Record. Hey, this is Chris Adams, and I'm on with Michael Meredith today, and we still are on the unnamed podcast, but you can find us on the Podbean, Podbean app under uh, Beyond the Blind, and if you're listening to it, you obviously found it. Uh, what's going on, Michael? What's up, buddy? How's it going? Oh, not too bad, man. It's a couple days before Christmas, and working on some calls and doing last-minute Christmas shopping. I just faced Walmart for two hours getting all the uh, Christmas meal groceries, and that was more fun than I wanted to have today. Uh, we've got a we've got a Christmas event here at uh, about 3.30 with my wife and, and some of her family, and she made me run to Walmart a little bit ago to get some, some tape to wrap presents, and I was in and out as quick as I could get in. Our little Walmart's not usually not real busy this time of year, but it's still a hassle going in there. You went by yourself? I did. See, that's did. the smart move right there. Well, the boys were the boys were playing in the yard with the neighbors' kids, and she was working on dinner. And it was in and out. I got one thing, and I, I was out the door. I, I I I can't do that shopping mess, dude. It's a headache. It's a headache, and you always end up with a bunch of stuff that wasn't on the list. And uh, yeah, the anytime I go with the girlfriend, she'll kill me for saying it. But it's always like we have a list. Pay attention. Let's not squirrel. Oh, yeah. Let's that's, stay on that's the like list. Going grocery shopping when you're hungry, though, you go in there and you go, "Oh God, that looks good. Let's try that. Let's try this." <laughs> right. Thing, you know, you got three hundred dollars worth of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how's your guys' duck season doing down there? Man, non-existent. Bro, this <laughs> is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I, it it hit and miss. Um, and I'm not gonna. I'm not one to, to shoot and tell. But there's a there's a place locally that I, uh, historically has been my worst enemy, Big WMA, for killing birds. I can't kill them there, and I've got buddies that have pounded on them all week there, and I just won't go because I don't know how to kill them. I can't figure it out. I don't mess with it. Well, yeah, all WMA. The spots that I normally hunt have just been just dry, just nothing. It's just weird. There's just literally no ducks around. Like I was telling Channing, man, I drive 10, 12 hours a day from Springfield up to the Missouri River line, you know, probably 30 miles south of Missouri River. And then I drive all the way down into Arkansas, uh, down to like Bentonville and almost the Kansas line into Joplin. And there is just nothing in this state, quarter of the state. It's weird. And y'all's north season's got to be getting close to closing too, doesn't it? Uh, north zone, I think, closes is closed. I think this is the last weekend for north zone. And I think middle zone goes until next week, possibly the first or something like that. And we have about another month here in the uh, south zone, but it's like <laughs> there hasn't been a duck. I didn't even get up and go hunt at all this weekend, and that's a weird thing for me not to do, but it hasn't been worth my time. I've been four times all year, and that's it. I've I have uh, me and the deer have gotten really back to being really good acquaintances this year. That's how good my duck season's been. We've it, been we've been leaning on the deer still. Yeah, man, it's weird. I'm not even hunting local honkers, and you know that's my bread and butter. And uh, oh, yeah. dude, they've just been going from pond to walking out and eating the grass around the pond. You know, we we live on the south side of the Arkansas River. Um, the Arkansas River is about. 15 minutes from my house and the county that we live in runs east and west so it's kind of a long skinny east and west county that runs on the south border of the river between me and a couple of my buddies in the last day day and a half well 
they, uh, what they did Friday and what we did yesterday midday covered almost half of the border that along the river, you know, that, that northern right. county line. And I bet you we've not seen 150 ducks on the Arkansas River, the whole, that whole stretch that we drove. It's so yeah. weird, man. There's so much water up in northern Missouri that birds are just everywhere up there. And it's 60 degrees. I mean, I was out yeah. in the shop right before we got on the phone in shorts and a t-shirt. Oh yeah, it's a it's a beautiful day. This is the kind of this is the kind of weather everybody that that everybody dreams about at Christmas. Who isn't a hunter? It's, it's, it's awful. It's yeah. horrible. It's weird, dude. Uh, it so doesn't, it doesn't help us, from what I gather. Oklahoma is the new Arkansas. Dude, I know. I've been saying it. It's uh, those are the only guys consistently pounding on them. Uh, I've seen Domingo have a few good hunts, but even in Kansas, he's saying it's slow, which well, is just weird. He's been leading on them this week by the looks of things, though. He's put a put a hurting on them this week. Yeah, at some of- but if you look at the past couple of years, he does that every single day out there, except for this year. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd take a couple of them days. No myself. joke, man. I would take one. One good banger of a day this year. I'd be happy. Mm-mm-mm. I've got some some, uh, some boys that work for me in the, in the clubhouse. That, well, not for me, but work at the golf course in the clubhouse. One of them's got some private land in Oklahoma that they've, just, that they've been pounding on them. I, be- I believe it, man. It's uh, it's one of those ones, you know, I've had a bunch of different invites all over the place in Oklahoma. It's like I just don't have the time, you know, to get out there because who wants to drive five hours and stay one day or two days? You want to make it worthwhile. Yeah. I've had a couple of invites. Those, that boy's invited me to go with him some, and I'm going to try to get over there and do that. Uh, couple, a couple of different customers have invited me to, you know, North Texas and, and uh and south southeast or west oklahoma southeast oklahoma i think where they've just been hammering on them and i'm going to see if i can pull one of those off at some point yeah they're just around here dude you got to if you want to kill birds this year it's becoming a must yeah even even uh the guys in uh eastern arkansas you know alan whitson and and uh brian phillips and and ronnie turner and them are in a big lease over there all that bunch of guys are in lease together and Alan, Alan went over there to hunt Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I talked to him at noon yesterday. He was already home. Went over there hunting Friday and then come back. Damn, it's that bad. Yeah, it's awful. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's just wild. You know those guys are still having fun, but you still want to oh, be yeah, killing birds. Right. <laughs> I'm well, sure those boys are make it, make it very entertaining. They always have. <laughs> dude, always. <laughs> Well, let's um, get into, you know, kind of the calling, call-making side of things. We I don't know if we ever really talked about it on BTB when we were doing the little live stream feed. This thing's a little bit easier, man. We're not having any service problems or anything like that. I'm like, not driving around in my truck trying to find service like I did there a couple of times. Yeah, man, that was crazy. I think this is a lot easier, and we don't have to worry about it being live and stuff like that. As long as it sounds good, I mean, it's not for. I can hear you just fine. As long as it's coming through clear on when when it, you know, when the podcast goes out. The one you Channing did was really good. Yeah, and we're doing it the same exact <laughs> way. You know, I got my tin can and string set up over here. So <laughs> it's the cheapest podcast setup I've ever seen. Two iPhones back to back, but that's it, man. <laughs> I mean, if it's working, that's all that matters, right? 
So, uh, as far as call making, what, uh, I mean, you, I guess we should even tell people what call company you own. So I'll let you just go ahead and get into where you're from, uh, what call company, what's your name, you know, kind of what you do. Okay. Well, I, I, I own, uh, Mid Custom Calls. Um, I started, I got my first lathe in December of 2012, actually. Um, and I made, I had my first gig made in 2013. And I, it was funny listening to Channing talk about some of that stuff and, and you both, you know, there's some calls that you sold early that you shouldn't have. Oh um, yeah. I thought, dang, that sounds, uh, hell, I still send some out every now and then and go, eh. I wish I had that one back once you ship it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I got started around the, uh, the Duck Dynasty craze. Now, I didn't get started because of all of that mess, but I had a, uh, a buddy that lives right here by me, and we were sitting around BSing one day, and he said, man, we are starting to make calls. I said, why the heck would we do that? We don't have any, any knowledge. Neither one of us has a clue what we're doing. He said, yeah, but we can do it. Um, so I said, well, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with something. And then we just, I went to, you know, I bought a lathe. My in-laws bought me a lathe for Christmas. Um, and slowly started gathering stuff up, started making firewood. And uh, my, my buddy decided it was not something he wanted to, to, to stick with, which is how the MIG came about. I get asked all the time where the MIG came from. It's um, my last name is Meredith, and then my buddy's last name was Gray. So we took the M and the G, and I said, well, shoot, you know, MIG's an airplane. That's a, something to do with being in the sky. We could do MIG custom calls. Yeah, fighter ducks, man. <laughs> absolutely, fighting duck. And then once he, once he decided it wasn't something he really was interested in, I just, it stuck. I was like, well, shoot, I've already got it. I like the name. Boy, we'll stick with it. So that's what we did. <laughs> You'll have to excuse, <coughs> excuse me for the coughing. I've been a little bit under the weather here the last couple of days well when it goes from 70 degrees to 20 degrees and back uh-huh. up to 65 in the same week it makes everybody all jacked up <laughs> yep that's that's well it's weather in arkansas but it's the weather and seems like all across the south right about now anyway yeah dude it's weird so you started making them in 2013 you picked out your name uh where you you haven't even actually you said you're south of the arkansas river what's the city i I live i live in logan county i live in a town uh called subiaco arkansas was a town founded in i think the 1890s by um german uh, german catholic uh monks i live right by a big benedictine uh monk facility with big catholic church and all that stuff that's you know they're self-sufficient they grow their own food all all of that stuff they've um what is it uh found a life of uh poverty and self-sufficiency to serve the lord and all all that stuff uh it's pretty cool pretty interesting it's not like andrew Haddon and those guys that live around the the, the mennonites and the amish people and stuff like yeah, that yeah dude but, that's that's a whole different lifestyle oh man it's it's interesting I give when I talk to Andrew, we're always picking at him to see if that's his kin folks driving up down the road in the in the buggies and stuff. You know? <laughs> right. They still do the horse and buggy over there in Kentucky where he's at. Oh man, they still have it in Missouri. About thirty miles east of me, there's a pretty big uh, Amish community, and then I one of the towns that I drive through on a daily. It's like a town of like eight thousand, and it's primarily Amish. It is weird. Really. So strange, man. Are they the horse and buggy in the whole nine yards? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> See, there's a little there's a little community north of here that are that way, but they're not um, anti technology because they got cell phones and, and they drive vehicles and all that stuff. But are they Mennonites the, then at that point? Because I think <laughs> they, the, may, they may be Mennonites. I don't I, you know I don't know the difference in in them exactly, but. I tell you what, those dudes have some freaking property, and you figure, you know, working for the Lord and uh, wanting to save some money. I, you know, you go door knock on some of their places. They ask you, "How much are you gonna pay me?" I'm like, "What? Yeah. What do you mean? How much am I gonna pay you?" And they're like, "Oh yeah." And dude's got a brand new dually, freaking parked in the driveway and living in a three hundred thousand dollar house. I'm like, what is, dude? It's crazy. It's crazy. They, uh, they're definitely interesting, but they work hard, man. Yeah, yeah, and, and these these well, there's there's a thing sitting here in my shop, and there's two eagles flying around my house right now. It's crazy. Nothing like good old America right here. <laughs> right, right on Christmas time. <laughs> but but uh, going getting back to the calls and stuff, it just it uh, was uh, started out just as a hobby, something to piddle around with. Um, I never never figured it'd be something I could potentially make a living with. <clears throat> and I never really figured it would be to the point where I was trying to develop a machine line and all of the things that, that I've got going on now. That was never in the plan. That was never something I wanted really to do. <clears throat> it just, it evolved bigger and quicker than anything I could ever have imagined. Um, the first, gosh, probably the first two years, I made some clunkers. I mean, some just awful, awful calls, and and you don't realize that you don't, you know, when you when you first start out, you make one that sounds like a duck. That's the best duck call you've ever bought in your life, right? <laughs> Whether it really is or not, you think it's amazing, and the better you get, the worse you realize you were when you started. Yeah, that's how absolutely, man. <laughs> that's why I try to keep at least you know one or two a year. And keep them on my mantle and just line them up next to each other. And it's funny. You can just pick them up and run them and hear the progression. Yep. 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 Good gracious. Again, I'm sorry. No, you, man. You're good. Get yourself a drink. Well, I've got one in my hand. I guess I should have put some in it. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. But it just, you know, the, the jig that I use now... I think I developed it. I think I made had it made in 2015, 2016, something like that. And that's when it really started to take off for me. I hit on a sound that I could that I like that more people could run. You know, my first couple jigs were that big, heavy upslope, <clears throat> and it was you had it took a ton of air to run. Um, it was it just wasn't a real call user friendly call. And people, they stuck like crazy, and, and I, I reworked everything. And then when I hit that one jig, that's when it started taking off me. People started, and I've modified, tweaked some things, you know, lengthened the tone channel here, changed the exhaust out. A lot of people, especially people starting out, don't understand, um, you know, how how minute changing the tone channel length makes, you know, a difference in the way a call runs. Or... Um, Oh, but it's something I talk about with Eric Ostevic a lot when, when me and Ostevic talk. The throat in the call. Not necessarily the size of the exhaust, but the throat inside between the end of the exhaust and your cork notch. You know, there's a lot to be done in in um, 
in sound, just in your your bores and your exhaust makes a big difference. That kind of stuff, and it takes running a ton of calls to figure that stuff out. Uh, oh yeah, and I've got boxes of firewood. When the boys go to burning stuff in our little chimney on the, on the back porch, they'll get a box of old wood inserts and throw them in the fire to start the fire with. That's <laughs> right. Thing. Then we burn African blackwood like it's going out of style. Man, I love it though. It smells so good. It's one of my favorite yep. smells to burn. <laughs> yep. So you, Blackwood, uh, all that stuff. We keep, we keep our fires hot in the wintertime. Oh yeah. Yeah. You get that dense heavy wood. It freaking burns hotter than crazy. Yep. So you get your uh, your one jig in uh, sixteen, and that really that I mean that's noticeably anybody who's been around the call making game or even the collecting game noticed that's kind of when it really took off. Um, so you, how many models do you build off of that one jig? Uh, off of that jig, and I actually um, in the last week I got in a new jig. I've not even cut a call off of it, but it will be the new versions of. Going forward, the 15, 17, and 19. So I make three models off that jig um, with it's the same tone board, but there are variations in the exhaust and the, in the tone channel and stuff like that. You know, Basically just changing your hold and stuff like that? Yeah, change yeah. the hold. Um, the, the 15 and 7, people ask me all the time, and I've got a dang uh, copy and paste response on my phone. So when I get a question, <laughs> hey, man, how do you explain your models? I've got it. I just copy and paste here, and it's got... Um, you know, the 15 is a, a smooth, easy running call that most anybody can, can figure out how to blow. It doesn't have a ton of rasp, but if you want to, um, if you, if you can manipulate your air, you can get a lot of bottom end rasp out of that call. The 17 has got a little bit, a little bit bigger tone channel and I opened it up just a fraction more in the exhaust and it has a lot more rasp. It's normally what I hunt with, <laughs> um, because I like a call with a lot of rasp and a lot of a lot of power. Uh, because I feel like, especially especially around here where ducks have heard everybody under the sun, working birds, get out of the shop, brother. Y'all don't need to be in here. When you're, when you're when you're working ducks and you get them in close, that bottom end is what kills ducks. You know, so I like to have a call with a lot of that rasp and rattle on the bottom end. Um, and then the 19 would be my open water call. And it is a variation of the 15 opened up to be louder and have a lot more, you know, a lot, a lot more reach to it. And then I have the 13 and the 21 are based off of the same jig as well. Um, the 13 is a real small, more quiet timber style call. Um, and then the 21 is, um, opened up even more than my 17 it's the loudest j frame that i make and it it would be what a lot of people call a hybrid style call you know that's got the punch no back pressure all that good stuff (laughs) not a whole lot of back pressure (laughs) a lot of lots of volume and it's a great i mean you got to be able to run some air to run that call um but the folks that they can run it really 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 like it nice do you use a standard read thickness on that or do you go a little bit heavier It's the same. It's a, all of those run the standard ten thousand read, um, and because of the changes in the tone channel and some of the other stuff, you know, they obviously are going to run a little bit longer read. <laughs> and I cut a pretty good. I, I like to dog ear the crap out of my calls. I've noticed like some of the stuff I get from Will. You know, me and uh, Will Shelley with Valley Creek are pretty big buddies. 
um, we trade calls and stuff, and he just barely even dog ears his. Um, yeah, I, I find myself I barely dog ear mine. I dog ear the fire out of them. I think <laughs> it, I think it, I, I don't know. I, it, it just fits the way I blow a call. Well, um, and you know it makes them it makes them run a little bit easier. There's less mylar to move. Yeah, so. it frees them up on the bottom, especially yeah. if you like to do real hard aggressive chatter. It'll it'll keep them from hanging as, as much. I I feel like anyway. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you. So you you got that. Um, you started really taking off in 2016. Um, you know everything. Just what what was that like when you you know I know it wasn't an overnight thing, but I mean it it definitely picked up super quick. You know, just kind of out of nowhere. What was that feeling like when you you know the year before you're like ah, I made 50 calls this year and I felt busy, and then all of a sudden you had 50 call orders in a month. It's um, it's overwhelming on more than one level because you get overwhelmed. You know, when when you it used to be, and I've had people that I've that I've dealt with forever still send me a message. Hey man, I remember the day like Scotty, uh, my buddy in Oklahoma, Scotty Bryan. Um, he'll still message me every now and then. Man, I remember the day where I could send you a message and you could have me a call out the door in two days. Right? So, yeah, that's. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know what happened and what caused this to, to take off. I, I really, I've never been able to put my finger on it. Um, I've been blessed beyond anything I deserve. Well, I mean, it's it's been organic, you know. It uh, it's been, I don't know. You're not a guy that has ever, from an outside perspective, really gone crazy with trying to market yourself. Like I, I don't think I've ever seen you gone out there and try to market yourself and be like, oh. It's pretty rare that I even see you post a picture of a call anymore. When that's kind of the standard, is hey, you get one done, you post it up, share it, so other people get to see it and call you on the books. I can't remember the last time I've seen you post a picture of a call besides maybe real foot competition calls. I posted uh, my real foot stuff and the, uh, the stuff I sent to the Easton deal that that uh, Stump puts on. <clears throat> I don't post much anymore. Um, because you get, hey man, are your books open or is that call for sale or, um, or like we were talking about earlier? Can you make me one just like that? Right. That kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I really don't know when it all took off. But like I said, it's 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 overwhelming because you feel blessed that you've been in put in whatever position I'm in that people want to buy my stuff. Um, I'm not Mike Stelzner. I'm not Brad Samples. I'm not those guys, you know, the stumps, <coughs> the John Kepps, never will be, don't claim to be. Dude, that's the- that's a humble way of looking at it, but looking at it from an outside perspective, you're a lot closer than most. I, I, but I'm not. No, I, I yeah, no, 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 that's all right. You can be as humble as you want to be and say that, oh, shucks thing, but you're a lot closer than most to that level of guys, and I think any of them will tell you the same thing. You have a lot of respect in the call-making community. Um, I, I think a lot of people hold you up to that height. You just need well, to get some uh some plaques and rings to go with it. I, I've got a few second places, you know. Right, right. I don't know what it comes to when it comes to competition. When it comes to competition time, you uh you put out your turds. I don't know why. <laughs> but it, it it was it was also overwhelming for me to to have that influx of people wanting calls. You know. 
and then it turns into uh, uh, like we were talking earlier the stress that comes with that and the man I've got to get this done and it's it I got in, in the last year I have been burnt out um, just it, it all happens so fast and you think man I can do this and then after you go a year or a year and a half of turning out 350 or 400 calls in a, in a stretch by hand that you just go, holy crap, this is, you know, this is way more work than I ever dreamed it would be. Well, that's because you're at the level of a guy who should be doing it full time, but you refuse to do it full time for, you know, good reason, but you're still doing the same amount of work as a guy doing it full time. So it's easy to get burnt out on it. Well, I, and that's where I've been, and I've, I'm slowly, I'm, I'm making myself get in the shop. I've got people that have been more than, more than, uh, patient with me on some stuff. And I, you get the, the detractor. You get the guy that feels like he should have had his call the day he ordered it. <laughs> right. <laughs> from, from time to time. But it's, it's not, it's not, a, it's not bad. Um, and those people that have been patient with me, uh, I can't thank them enough. Uh, but I'm working on it slowly, slowly, slowly catching up, trying to get some stuff done. <laughs> it's just a process. And then with, you know, with the boys, my boys are getting older, and as my boys get older, they're into more things. You know, with the basketball and the baseball and all that kind of stuff. And some oh, yeah. That stuff where, when what? I could, used to be, I could come home, and the boys would run around in the yard, and I've got windows in my shop, so I can watch them as they're riding their bikes in the yard and this and that, and I keep up with them. Too. Well, we got basketball practice three days a week, or we got to go to – you know, softball or t-ball games or baseball games and this kind of stuff and school functions and it, you know, free time gets taken away really quickly. Oh yeah, sleep time becomes work time. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. It just depends on do you like to sleep or do you want to go out there and make calls. And I'm a I'm a waiter when it comes to that kind of stuff. I gotta have to sleep. No, oh, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> But what about you? I mean, you've, you've been hitting it pretty hard here lately, too. Man, I'm on, uh, if I was to go all year, I think I did it the last four months of the year, something like that. I think I would have turned out like 150-ish this year, which is the max of my, my uh, desires. Um, I'm yeah. having a, uh, man, you know, like you said, it's easy to get burnt out. I just stepped away from it for a year. Sold up everything. I don't even have a, an original piece that I you know, had when I was first doing it, I sold everything and just walked away from it for like a year, year and a half. And that itch just kept going more and more. And I talked to you about coming down and maybe turning something just to, just to cure the itch, but never got around to it. And one day just went back out, bought another lathe and started ordering everything. And, you know, kind of gave the news after I'd already ordered everything. Uh, Hey, I'm going to start doing this again. And, <laughs> I've already spent all the money, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you just gotta spend the money to get your jig. D- never. No, oh, come on. Man. I know, I know. I've got to do it. It's it takes so much freaking longer. I, if me and Alan could convince Waylon Thompson finally to get a jig, we can get you to to get a jig finally. Man, four years into it, and I've rolled no jig. I, I don't know. I, I, Waylon did it for longer than that. No he joke. Waylon did it to get in a jig this summer. No Waylon joke. Did it almost ten years flat jig and everything. See, that's how you. I mean, he's coming up with a new tone board every single time he makes a call. 
And he he makes a dang good one too. Why Dude, that ain't no ball? joke. Well, that the first time I ever blew one of his was that uh, year that we were live streaming the call making competition. When he won the the CWA deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that thing was I mean, nasty. It's crazy when you go to those things. How many people, you know, um, I, I'm not going to say I taint, but I did not fare well this year at, at in any of the contests. You know, the the NWTF deal, I did not do good. Uh, Easton, I did not do good. Real Foot, I did not do good. Um, and, it, you know, it kind of it, it aggravated me there for a little while. Just it. I mean, it was it was it that I didn't do better than I expected. So thinking about it, and you go to these shows, and I ran some calls at Real Foot, and I do that CWA job, that CWA deal every year. Ton of guys that make a dang good call nowadays. Oh yeah. (laughs) With the social media and every not everybody, but so many people willing to help somebody, you know, genuinely trying to make a better call and has questions. Um, you can you can find somebody that will help you build a better call, and there are so many guys out there now that make a great call that you better ready to bring it when you go to these shows. Yeah, and you're just you know you're donating for last place. Well, man, everybody freaking pushes each other so much. Even in the five years that I've been doing it, like everybody's game is that much higher. Absolutely. Dude, it's it's insanity. Like there's a lot of really good young guys out there doing it now. And and you go to these shows and you sit around and you talk to these guys and, and from the outside looking in and the competition and everything, you would think, Well, everybody hates each other. But, you know, it's it's you know, we would go to Allen's, you know, Allen is kind of the Allen Whitson with fly control is kind of the the center point for me and Waylon and Alan and Will Shelley, and we would all get together and and you know work on calls. Hey man, try this. Tell me what you think. Try this. And the four of us, and you know Ronnie Turner would come over on occasion, and we've had different guys up doing this stuff. Ronnie and, doesn't ever build a call though, so that's just an enigma. No, Ronnie doesn't make calls. I, I don't even know why he has. <laughs> He's the beer provider. That, well, you don't want that bill. You don't want that bill right now, and I promise you. That's when he starts but, turning a new call. But, but you get all these guys together, and instead of people uh, having uh, uh, rivalries or bickering or anything like that, everybody is trying to help everybody else. So instead of the the uh, what you would, you know, like, like on, oh gosh, would be a good example, say golf tournaments. You know, whatever. I played a lot of golf. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, you're trying to think of an, uh, a concept, and it's. I fully agree with exactly what you're saying. There is no. There's no divas in the freaking call making community. There is. There's, there's no egos. There's nobody oh my. trying to. Well, to you run know, around. you know, we covered so many caller competitions. <laughs> And it is completely different. Everything you, everything you say, is critiqued, criticized. Everybody is just looking for a reason to be pissed off. But if you go tell 
Brad Samples or Mike Stelson, hey man, congratulations, you did a freaking amazing job. They're like, oh, that thing's a piece of junk, you know. Absolutely. What? Yeah, and it's just so much different. They don't walk around yeah. with the arrogance or the the just desire to get their feelings and their you know yeah. to get buttered about stuff. Call they, call making's just so different. This year, real foot. Um, I played golf with John Kemp and, and Mark Mark Rogers. That's two dang good call makers yeah. right there. You know, I mean, there's a ton of really great call makers, and everybody gets along. Uh, everybody's always trying to help each other to build a better call so that they can, you know, like I, I don't know if I should say that. It's not, I don't know if this is public knowledge or not, but Stelzner has talked about retiring from Nashville. Oh yeah, yeah. He talked about that a couple years ago. Um, well, with with his wife passing away, and she got to see him win for the last time this year. Yeah, um, I don't blame. He did, you know that kind of stuff. And I told him, man, I want you to be there. If I ever do get lucky enough to win it, I want to beat everybody. I don't want to win just because the guy that wins it every year is not there. You know, um, and it's 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 a competition, and it's it's, um, but everybody pushing each other to be better so that when you beat them, you beat them at their best. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and those – Stelzner was the first guy when I first put out a call to give me some advice. <laughs> the very first guy. And there was a lot of other call makers that were uh, bigger name call makers, you know, that I'd always kind of looked up to. And, I mean, you can't get much bigger name than Stelzner, but I didn't know as much back then. And he was the first guy to help me out and just extremely – you know, willing to help somebody to develop. When, when I first got started, I was um, I was having trouble turning acrylic. Oh yeah, just my butt. I didn't. I was using high speed stainless. I didn't know how to sharpen my tools. I was as green as green could be when it comes to this kind of stuff. <laughs> right, just burning it. I didn't know. I didn't know how to drill acrylic to keep from keep it from being scarred and and you know having burns and everything in it and. Spencer Halford reached out to me with Rolling Thunder, and I talked to him for almost an hour one day on strictly working with acrylic. And, you know, that guy didn't did not in any way, shape, or form have to give me the time of day, and nobody would have thought anything of it. And he said, hey, man, here's what's going on. If you need to call me, give me a call sometime, and we'll talk this through. I said, man, that would be awesome. So he got me hooked on um, um, carbide cutters and got me going, you know, turning acrylic got to where I could at least get started and let me go from there. And, you know, people people in this field, I don't call it field, but people that are call makers are some of the finest people on the face of the earth, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's one of those things, you know, you, say you play sports. Some people have a more natural ability to go out there and be faster than somebody. They're taller. They can, you know, shoot better. Some people have natural. Everybody who does call making, you're starting at a level playing field. There is no natural advantage in call making. You have to learn the exact same way as everybody else. You get people that are natural duck callers. Well, yeah, and, you know, that that goes a long ways. But they've but never. They still have to figure out what makes the call works to get that sound. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and even if you have a little bit of a an advantage, you still are just working through the same problems that we all had. Yep. Some of you may get. Through, some of us may get through a little bit quicker. Uh, 
some of us may beat our head on the wall a little bit longer than others trying to get through some of that stuff but it all it all boils down to um number one like i said earlier if you're truly trying to get better um there are people that want you to draw them a map and give you give them your tone board and then just start making calls i don't want to help that guy right if you're right. trying to take shortcuts and you're trying to to, to choose your way around it i'm not going to help you but if you're out there burning you know turning wood and making sawdust and trying and trying and trying and are having trouble there's a ton of guys that are willing to point that guy in the right direction to get better you just got to show that you're willing to do it yeah yeah absolutely man it's uh it makes all the difference in the world to somebody that's going out there and trying because you know like i said you see somebody that hey i'm just posting up my first call what do you think and it's like hey man that's freaking awesome i remember how much how scary it was the first time i ever posted a picture of something that i did and the last thing they need is to be freaking beat through the freaking ground about well you could have done you know it's nice to get a little bit of constructive criticism but when the first person gets on there it looks just like this shape i want to slap that person because it's like you have you ever turned anything before in your life then shut the hell up and get off of here there, there's a there's a way you can handle that too without making yourself look like an ass. Oh yeah. You know, hey man, it looks great. Talk to this guy and see see how it compares. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. Just sit down, buddy. You ain't gonna hurt nothing. <laughs> you know, that's the neighbor's kid coming by now. You know, there there are ways that you can handle. Hey, especially somebody starting out. Hey man, don't. It, Number one, don't do it in public. Don't blast him on his first post. You know, don't go to the, you know, if he makes a post on call nuts, don't be the first guy to comment. Dude, that looks like somebody else's shape. That's not going to work. Send him a message. You know, send him a PM. Exactly. Hey, it's, a, it's a mob mentality, man. One person and, says it, everybody yeah. just piles on that guy, and he's yeah. going to quit. Yep. You know, there, there there's a, some etiquette that should, I mean, it's no different than anything else. There, there's cutthroat business people, and there's people that try to do things the right way. Um, <clears throat> and it's no different in <clears throat> in criticizing somebody for the shape or the sound or their ability to run a call or whatever, whatever it is. There's a right way and a wrong way to give constructive criticism. Now that changes if if you're in if you're in my shop and it's a group of guys that you know like. Like I like I said, me and Alan and Will and Wayland. Oh yeah. If you're, in, if you're with your if buddies, you're, you're in, gonna get it. If you're in that shop, you better have thick skin because <laughs> it's gonna get pretty rough on you. But in a different situation, you know, there there's ways to go about that and handle that to where it makes everybody feel better about the situation than than just trying to stick your chest out and be the loud guy. Well, exactly, exactly. I mean, you might. You, it, it's a tight knit group. I mean, callmakers are just—it's just a different type of group. Like I said, there's—it's pretty rare that you ever see two callmakers mad at each other. It just doesn't happen very, like that. Very seldom. You're never very gonna see a guy threatening to beat the other guy's ass on Facebook. Like that's it. That's that's just in the call. That's just in the calling contest world. No, I'm not gonna say that. But you're 100% right. I've seen that more than once in the college contest. Oh, by the highest level people, world champions oh, threatening other world champions. I was like, what is absolutely. going on here? It's hilarious. Could, could you imagine if freaking Tom Brady said he was going to beat Peyton Manning's ass in public? Like, what? Hey, it, 
and and that's another you know it's another thing that I, that I find hilarious. It's a freaking whistle. And you're a grown and, adult. It's a whistle, and we're grown ups, and we're all on the same team in the long run. Oh yeah. You know the you know hunters have enough people coming down on them as it is. Why can't we all get along? It just. You know, it is what it is. Well, people want to put you into a category. You're either left or you're right. You're red or you're blue, you know, up or down. Nobody can just say, hey, man, it's <laughs> just down the middle. I like everything. Yep. I can, I can get along with about anybody as long as, as long as they just treat me decent. As long as they don't try to make me blow a damn cut down. Then, uh, oh, if, come on, man. I know. Come that's on, what I was going to move into talking about that cut down because we haven't talked about that yet. That's about the only thing that I want anything with. Honestly. Yeah, I know, right? Well, it's because you're from Arkansas. <laughs> I guess. You can't win a cut-down competition unless you're from Arkansas. Spencer's not from Arkansas. Is he not? Nope. Is he's he in Tennessee? Tennessee? He's a Tennessee boy. Yeah, but that's close enough. You get all right there next to each other. Nah, no, I don't think they'll claim us. No, <laughs> yeah. I don't he, know why they would want to claim us. He's probably going to burn the shop down. Yeah. No, um, that cut down has been a, a pretty good one for me. Um, I, my, the first year that I, that I come out with a cut down, I have, uh, one of my buddies from back home is a cut down enthusiast. Um, and we got talking about trying to make one. He said, man, you know, if you can make one, I, I want to try it. My, the first cut downs that I was doing was basically my very first jig that I had made has the really big hard upslope on the front. It's real flat to give that raspy um, pop sound that you that people that expect bark. out of the cut down. That bark. Yeah. <laughs> Which ducks don't bark, so I, I don't don't get that. Man, it but, travels nice in the woods though. Oh it sounds it does. a good cut down in the woods sounds more realistic than any call you will ever pick up. In the same room it sounds like trash, but man, out in the woods. But in the hands of somebody that knows how to run it. Oh, it's yeah. If you don't know how to run one, you, you scare more birds than anything. Right, just screaming at them. <laughs> but I lengthened that tone board so that it would be able to run that, that 014 read. Um, I lengthened it quite a bit, shortened the exhaust, and opened that baby up like you expect out of a cut down to give it zero back pressure and all kinds of volume. Sent that to actually to uh, the NWTF show for the first time, and I finished second. Spencer won, I finished second. Spencer got third, and I finished fourth. I sent two, um, and from there it was just a, you know tweaking and piddling with it. And I'm, I'm on my second cut down jig now, and I think my second one's a dang good one. Um, I've won that the NWTF deal the last two years, and I'm pretty pretty tickled with it. Yeah, that's pretty crazy for a guy who doesn't even primarily run a cut down. I never said that. Huh? I never said that. You said if you're going to be hunting, you're going to be hunting with the 17. I've got a cut down on the lander. We you... just don't have the woods around here. Well, there you go. For a guy who's yeah, not I mean, in the if, woods. If I, in, if I go in the woods, I'm taking a cut down with me. Yeah. Oh, uh, I do too. I just flip my barrel on one of my calls around and <laughs> call it good to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the flat end. Yeah, Missouri cut down. Yeah. Hey, there you go. You just created a whole new call right there. Uh, I think, hell, Kep has got the market cornered on that one. Yeah, uh, that detox is a dang good one. Yeah, he's selling the crap out of that thing. I Like I said, yeah. I couldn't even tell you if it's good or not because I don't blow a cut down. Uh, it's, it's, well, I don't want to say that. I don't want to deposit I'm, lung material every time I blow a call. 
his column doesn't run like a cut down. Oh, does it not? No, he runs a ten thousand read in it. Um, it's a dang good. It's, he it, he's got it labeled as a, uh, a hybrid cut now. Um, I think I think how he's got it labeled, and it's it's a dang good one. I wouldn't be afraid to take that sucker anywhere and kill. Dutch oh damn! Me. Now I have another call I have to buy. Yep. Just come on down with job. I've got one here. It might you be know. cheaper for me to buy one than to travel the 10-hour round trip down to there, especially when you got no ducks around. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I can't argue with that. Right. <laughs> can't argue with that. So, you got the cut down. Um, you won, a, won the contest with that sucker. What do you, I, We've talked a few times. What do you think about these contests? Like, what's... I know you've had bad luck in them, um, but I, uh, I, I've i never even entered one just because I'm not a big fan of the idea. I would rather go hang out with all call makers and buddies and stuff, but this whole subjective duck calling contest, like because Seth did a live feed this year in Easton, and I watched him blow one of yours, and he said it was one of his, I don't want to misquote him or anything, but he, he gave really, really high remarks to that call. And then I I don't think that call finished all that well. None of mine finished and, all that well. Well, which is baffling to me how, you know, a world champion caller can pick it up and say it runs amazing, and then it but doesn't it, but finish it well. It is what it is to me. That's <laughs> the, a the that's a problem, humble way of putting it, but the, it's got to be frustrating. The problem I have with those things is when you have one score from one judge that's astronomically different than the rest. Uh, yeah, uh, you have an eight across the board from everybody, and then you get a one or a two from one judge across hey, the board. I, I had one of my calls, and this is a God's honest truth. Um, I want to say it was 63 points different in my high score and my low score. I sent you the picture of that when they dropped yeah. the scores. Yeah, because I was like, what is going on with that? How is yes. that person a judge? And, and the guy's note said, man, I don't know what to tell you. I got absolutely nothing out of this call. <laughs> it's like, can I? Can you leave your phone number? Can I, I call I you? A, I get a 78 or whatever sense was. And that's another thing. Some guys score a little higher than everybody else. That's Seth valid. Has judged, Seth has judged that, that contest the last two years. His scores generally are higher on average than everybody else doesn't you know as long as as long as judge a is consistent across the board with how he scores oh yeah yeah if one thing is a point up or a point down and it's that way for every judge appearance is a seven or one judge has an eight you know as long as it's consistent that's good as long as it's consistent it doesn't bother me um but each each contest is different you know the nashville deal you hear every year that it's rigged or that it's this and that. And I'm going to tell you, I have no clue how they could rig it. I wish I knew how they could rig it because I'm trying to figure out how to make my call like that. Well, I can tell um, you an easy way to keep it from being rigged in any competition would be to have a plain tone board and that's all anybody sent in with a standard size barrel that wasn't shaped to your shape and that, that would eliminate. In, in the same token, you kill... Well, yeah, yeah, because if Nashville on resale off off the online sales, valid, valid. So well, that's you know. Well, and therein lies the problem: is the competition to make money, or is it to award the best call maker? Wait. I'm not saying that it is, or they're doing anything wrong. I'm just asking a question. 
it should be for the best call maker. Uh, and it doesn't, but that, that, again, that's what I'm saying. Every call, every contest, you just have to take it for what it is. Nashville is its own deal. It's not rig. Um, <coughs> because you have, you have judges that, now there's, uh, there may be one bad apple in every <coughs> event, but you throw your high and your low scores out. So if somebody does go in there with a the mindset that I'm going to kill everybody and then mark this one guy high, his score his score is going to get thrown out. Right. His low scores are going to get tossed. So, and, and another thing, I've never seen a bad call win one of those. No, no, not a chance. Look at the past so, winner. Like, I mean, look at some of these, some of these, uh, like the worlds at Stuttgart. Every year, there's an uproar about X guy should have won and didn't. Bruh, I'm warning you now. Don't even make that argument because yeah. I got threats over it last time. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that. I, I'm not. I know you're not even dropping anybody's name, but mentioning but that there might year, be a. You hear that X guy should have won instead of Y. Well, whoever Y was was a damn good caller. He wouldn't have been there in the first place. And see, that's my whole problem with it is people take it as this guy should have won or this guy should have won. No, it's fun when guys are competing at the best against each other instead of one guy winning by four points, like the whole contest. That's boring. In in the end, everything, whether it be the Nashville where the guys have their hands on the calls, they judge, fit, finish, how the call runs, each one of those guys runs call a certain way. That's why there's so many really good call makers now and so many of us stay busy because every every person has a style that they like to blow a call and X call will fit them better than somebody else's call. Oh, yeah. That's, that's just the reality of it. So you've got 10 guys on that panel. Every one of them is going to blow a call different. Every one of them is going to put a different air pressure into that call. So each call is going to fit all 10 of those guys different. So every score they write down is subjective. Oh, yeah. There's no way to make it not subjective. There, there's no way to do any kind of any kind of contest where there's not some sort of subjectivity to it. So you just have to go into it understanding, I'm going to send – like for Nashville, I send uh, two wood calls, two acrylic calls, two open calls. I send usually uh, a 17 and a 19 to each division. I got a hunting call and an open water call, and each that's how I that's how I plan it out in my head. Um, and some years my 17 has scored really well. Some years my 19 has scored really well. It's subjective, but you understand I'm sending. This 17 is a call I would hang on my lanyard and go hunting with when I put it in the mailbox. This 19 is a call I would take and go hunting with. If you're happy with that and you don't win, then that's, it, it is what it is. <coughs> when you go to real foot, you have one call operator running um, every call in the division. This year, I ran the amateur calls. You know, you get up there, and in the amateur, everybody sends in a wood amateur call. So I stand up there, and I've got 15 to 20 seconds to pick this call up, figure out how to run it, and then blow it so that the judge the judges never see the calls at real foot. They just hear you run the call. So he's so the judging set up differently. The judging was based <laughs> off of uh, the way that you ran it, not actually from you? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's different. It, it, it's different, and that's what I said. Each contest is different. You play by the rules. So, um, uh, 
I the call one of the calls I sent to Real Foot this year, um, I thought was absolutely bad to the bone. It was a freaking sweet call, and I could scream on it. Um, and I think I think Ronnie ran the acrylic calls this year, and it was too light for him. Did they didn't have any other callers? No. <laughs> like you know for for. No, I mean, I mean, you had to go with Ronnie. Well, Ronnie can run the piss out of the call now. Don't let him. Oh, you. I know it's a it joke. Depends on how his head's feeling that morning when he wakes up. Right. Night. Yeah, I, I heard him one run one of uh, Channing's prototypes. It's pretty nasty. Oh, he's good, but you know they had like John, and it's not like it's hacks. John Stevens ran all the wood calls. Yeah, that's crazy. The last two years, I mean, he's one of the best contest callers to ever step on stage. Hayden Richard won the ran the open division this year. That dude can flat get it. Yeah, that dude's um, nasty. You know, and and the call that that Waylon won the overall this year with a uh, a Diamondwood call, and it was bad to the bone. But when Hayden stepped up there and picked that call up and hit the first note, I turned around and walked off. <laughs> I, I I knew when he hit the first note on Waylon's call. That was by far the best call that I had heard the whole time I'd been there. And I turned and walked off and said, that was going to win it. And he won the open division. And then at real foot, when you get done with the open division, or when you get done with all three, the wood, the acrylic, and the open, they put all three back together. And then somebody comes in and blows all three of those. And the judges rescore those three again. Dang, that's crazy. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's all subjective. Instead of, but again, if, like with my call that I sent in for the acrylic, I thought it was a solid call. It was too light for Ronnie. So he had to back way off to blow it, and he struggled with it. It's not that Ronnie's not a great duck caller because he can blow the piss out of anything. No, yeah, right. it just was too light to him. It's not that it wasn't a good call because the guy I gave it to absolutely loved it. It just, in that situation, that call didn't fit the way he was blowing. So it is what it is. And the same thing with me getting the, the 11 or the, whatever it was at, at uh, Easton. That call may have had so much spin in it by the time that guy got a hold of it, it locked up. Or it, you know, there could have been a number of things. It just, it, it is what it is. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Right. The first, the first little bit, that stuff wore on me. But I just got to the point where, you know, I mean. Are you first saying your first couple, couple competitions is what you're talking about? Yeah, the, the first couple of the first couple of times that I sent calls in, it bothered me. But as you go there and you watch, like going and judging at the CWA, opened my eyes up to a lot of that stuff. Because you know when when we were live streaming that, and me and Will were sitting there, Will Will puts a lot of air into the call. Oh yeah, so the call that I really really liked, he was having to back off of to get them to sound right. And then you've got you've got ten guys doing that in a contest. Every one of them is going to be different, and it's hard to find one call that's everybody. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't matter how clean you blow. That thing's filling up with spit, blowing it all yep. freaking morning long. Yep. And see, that's a, a really good way of putting it because, you know, come February this year, people are going to be talking about, you know, the competition and how it's rigged. And, like, you know, if you haven't judged it or even yep. thought about it. And most of the judges don't sit there next to each other and blow the calls next to each other. So even maybe they not might not get it, but when you sit there and you hand one call from one guy to the next guy, and you're like, hey, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Like I said, I, I don't know how any of them can be rigged unless 
they're rigged behind the scenes. You and know, I highly doubt. Yeah. You know, the judges aren't rigging them, and then they they post everybody's score. So I, I don't, I just, I don't see how any of it's rigged. And like I said, you never go to one of those deals and see the call win it and go, "Geez, that's a turd." Yeah, you know, I, I can't believe, I can't believe, kept won another one or Stelson yeah. won another one. I mean, this guy's like, a hack, like right? <laughs> at, at Easton this year, Randy Sisko won it. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, you don't hear much about that guy just because he doesn't do a lot of business. But I talked to a couple of those judges, and they said that was a damn good duck call. He's so, in north of the border guy, too, isn't he? Uh, he's in Indiana. Is he in Indiana? Might as well he's be Canada. Indiana. That's pretty he's, close. He's, he's close to uh, uh, Rob Miles. Okay, okay, I got you. Um, but, I mean, he makes a, apparently he makes a damn good duck call. You you know, I got no problem losing to that. No, absolutely not. And then in that, that deal at Easton, this year there was a three-way tie in every division for first place. That's crazy. So every one of those, like the Wood Division, was a three-way tie, and they went to a tiebreaker to get first, second, and third. Yeah, it was like Brad and somebody else, wasn't it? Um, Will was in two of them. Yeah, Will took second in one of them. Will won, Will won the acrylic. Will won acrylic, and I think, no, Brad won it. third in another one. Yeah, it was, it was weird. It was... Because I remember seeing, I thought maybe Brad won acrylic, and I was like, how does he win acrylic when he's the woodmaster? I don't know, but... Well, maybe it was. I don't know. I know. I think it was Brad, Will, and Randy. Yeah. But in each division, there was a three-way tie. Like, the wood, three wood calls all had the same score for first place. Yeah, that's freaking crazy. And, and then three acrylic calls all had the same score for first place. And then three open calls all had the same score, and they went to the tiebreaker for all three of them to get first and third, which is insane. That's when it's fun. That's when it's fun. Yeah, but it, it goes back to, too, everybody. There are tons of guys that make a damn good duck call nowadays. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely top-heavy. And like I said, the majority of those guys are all friends and pushing each other. Everything is Absolutely. pushed so much farther than it ever has been, and I think a lot of it has to do with social media making it easier for guys to get together in person even. Yep. Because you meet so many more call makers that are in your area that you would never even known without social media. I mean, Alan, that's how I met Alan. Alan lives 20 minutes from me. We play golf in the summer. We, we you know, we're, There's a little nine-hole golf course that we join. I talk to him almost every day. Will Shelley, I never would have met either one of those guys, li- even living where I live, had it not been for social media. Oh, yeah. The first time I met Alan, I was looking for a piece of my card, and he sent me a message. Hey, man, if you live in Subi, I'm just up the road. Come get it. That's, and that's how I met him, and I've, I've been stuck with his ass ever since. <laughs> the first time I met that guy, I wasn't even making calls yet. I was actually sponsored by Buck for our TV show, and he came to uh, – a uh, expo and was set up like two booths down and I was like I'm gonna go check out his calls and it was his first year after winning uh, NWTF newcomer of the year yeah. and he was showing off some of that stuff I was like man this is really cool I never even thought about making my own calls and yeah. within two months I had already bur- bought my lathe and everything like that yeah. he's been at it for a while Alan's been at it for a while dude he's a beast he is but 
his same tokens, one of those guys that could care less if he ever makes a call again, you know? Oh, yeah. That doesn't need to, doesn't have. And that's the oh, right place to be at with it. Yeah. Yeah. And me and Will started about the same time. Will was the first guy I ever did call trade with. Yeah. Boy, then you talk about some turds. Man, I remember his early shape. You know, it's changed so much. His different... Yeah. I don't know. He's on what is like fifth variation of it? Uh, yeah, probably. Because Sounds he had like that, that like almost... Point. His was closer to like Allen's back in the day. And that's where I remembered. Yeah. And when I got back into it, I was like, what the hell shape is Will making nowadays? And I looked at it and I was like, this isn't even close to the same as I remember him making. And he's, um, you know, he had the, the shape early. He's he's changed it a couple of made a couple of small tweaks to what he's got now. Kind of like what I did, you know, when I was before I got my duplicator, and I still turn all my barrels on duplicator so that I get the same shape every time. I'm not good enough to turn my barrels out the exact same shape. Every oh time. no, not even close. But I feel like shape recognition is a big part of a brand. Um, people can argue with me if they want to. That's fine, but. You know, there's a reason people throw fit, and it's usually not the call maker, but there's a reason people throw fit about somebody stealing a design. You oh, see, yeah. you see the shape. I mean, you see a rich and tone, and you know it. You see an echo, you know it. You see any brand, you know it by the shape before you ever see the engraving on it. Yep. <laughs> so it, it was important to me to be able to come up with something that I could make the same shape every time barrel insert i can knock my insert out all every time and they're going to look the same i right. can get my barrel to match like i wanted every time so i bought a duplicator um the first ones i started when i was using my duplicator were that that old fat barrel shape that everybody talks about <laughs> not everybody but some people do um and there was another gentleman right here locally that was making something really close to it um really close doesn't bother me but he went through a spell where it was identical. Right. I, I was having I was having people take screenshots to go, man, are you guys working together? That looks like your call. Uh, and he and named I, it. I, he I, named it M Mig with a Y yeah, M Y G. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I see I sent him a message and said, hey, bud, that's you know we're getting kind of close there. Um, can you you know it ain't got to be a, a lot of difference. Just change it up a little bit. And like the next three or four he made were still the same shape, and I went piss on it. I'm just gonna start over, change my own shape, and just not worry about it. And that's where the, the shape that I'm using now comes from. Well, and, and that's, that's where you got to come down to. Calls that's where, you, yeah, you got to come down to. You're selling 500 calls a year between freaking CNC and custom, and he's selling 20. Like, yeah, you don't even sweat that kind of crap. So I, I sweat, and I like the, the smaller barrel shape now. More than that, that other one. Anyway, myself. You don't I like a big booty? Eh, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, no, nope, nope. Yep. <laughs> I'll just cut it off. <laughs> Good night, man. Well, we've uh, we've hit an hour, a little bit over an hour, so I think we're at a good place. Um, man, I don't know when the next time you want to do it is, but I told Channing, you know, try to do it, you know, once a week, once every couple of weeks. I know you're a pretty busy guy, but we got to get into that, uh, that MIG Shelly collaboration. Yeah, 
next time. Oh, are you sure you want to go into that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to see that collaboration, man. And just talk, you know, a little more about random nonsense and hopefully we finish a little bit of duck season. I just hope we get some ducks by the end of duck season. I'm about two weeks away from giving up any and all hope. Or I'm just going to smash got, a bunch of pens. Uh, we have a three-day modern gun deer season around Christmas. Um, I've got two more tags, and I'm going to try to fill both of them then, and then I'll not have any excuse not to go duck hunting, so I'll have to. Besides, that. like, doing anything, like hitting uh, yourself in the yeah, head I'm with a hammer. I may get my golf club back out again if it don't change. Today would be a good day for it. Yep, sure would. No wind, and it's 65 miles an hour, or 65 yep. degrees. All right, well, I'm, buddy. I'd be willing to come back whenever. I mean, I don't know how much these people want to listen to me jabber. Man, I more than you would expect. If they didn't have to download this app, I think we would do uh do a lot more. But who knows? We'll see. I, pe- dude, we've got nothing but really good feedback from it, and we just did the one, and we had freaking yeah. Korea on 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 there. So <laughs> you know, he's a next, clown. Next time we do this, I'll try to get together and go up to Allen's and we can get me and Allen both on at the same time. Yeah, I don't know if we can handle that amount of nonsense coming through the phone. <laughs> we, might, we might have to put an explicit content warning on it. Man, I'll just have to come down there and bring the bring like a bigger microphone and just have like everybody on there. You talk can, about can you, can you go back through this thing once we record it and and bleep out stuff? Uh, oh, this is this is a podcast. I'm not bleeping anything out. Oh, okay, we're good there. Yeah, as long as you don't say anything that you're gonna have somebody call you and kill you over like we i have to clarify sometimes you know we're not saying the nwtf is rigged that was just proving a point we're not saying that all competition callers are crazy or uh, crybabies we're just saying that sometimes you know people are crybabies most most of them can be i'm not even gonna go into that (laughs) i'm not even gonna say it because like i said i got threats last time so the, the only one, the only contest callers I know really are Hayden and Mingo and, and Seth. Oh, I know, all, dude, freaking pretty good dudes. Yeah, so, absolutely. And Seth is Seth has uh, been willing to help me. I'm going to try to qualify for Worlds next year. Yeah, well, save that for next next conversation because that sounds like something we need to get into. And uh, yeah, Seth, Seth and Mingo both are as good as they come. Yep, both good dudes. Yeah. Man, I used to live right down there. I lived south of I ten for a while, so maybe I'll understand a little bit of it, but uh yeah. yeah, he's being that far down, it's hard to get a hold of anybody. Yep. Well, all right, brother. Uh I'm gonna go ahead and we'll wrap this recording up and uh yeah. It's been fun. If you guys uh, have followed it through all the way to the end, you can tell us kind of what you think about it. And uh, if you don't like it, just go ahead and send us a, a message, and I probably won't respond because I won't care if you don't like it. It's uh, tough shit, right? <laughs> I like your thinking, bro. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks a lot.